Hello, this is John Evans. I'm taking a course in systematic theology, and I've been asked to focus on two points of systematic theology in a review of a pre-existing work. I have chosen The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. As many of you will well know, Tolkien himself was a devout Roman Catholic and practiced his faith vigorously. He also converted Clive Staples Lewis, better known as C.S. Lewis, to Anglicanism, making Lewis one of the foremost Christian apologists of the 20th century. In doing so, we should not find it surprising that such an eminent scholar of the scripture and of medieval scholasticism and of Anglo-Saxon lore should infuse the Lord of the Rings with Christian themes and ideas. The idea of the fall, or our capacity to become corrupt, is found throughout the ideals the Lord of the Rings, and the other writings of Tolkien's Legendarium. This is quite evident in the particular fall of a character named Isildur. The idea of the fall is enshrined in Genesis chapter 3, where Adam and Eve make a horrendous decision. Their choice to partake of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil leads not only to their own biological death, but their separation from God. It leads to humanity's collective separation from God and the woundedness of all of humanity itself. Fortunately, in Genesis 3, there is a prophecy that a descendant of Adam, the seed of the woman, would come to crush the serpent, the evil one, beneath his heels. That was fulfilled by the incarnation of the Son of God in Jesus Christ, who comes as the king to reunite not only the people of God in one, but also to undo the effects of that cosmic woundedness. In a similar way, in the Lord of the Rings, there is a great battle between the powers of good and evil. The dark Lord Sauron has forged a master ring, an avatar, an instrument of evil, through which he seeks to try to corrupt elves, dwarves, and men and all the creatures of Middle-earth. Through the ring, Sauron attempts to try to enslave and to corrupt all the human family. In the great battle that takes place, Isildur, a man, uses the broken shards of his father Elendil's sword to cut the one ring from Sauron's hand. It appears as though evil has been defeated. Like Adam, Isildur stands at a pivotal choice. Like Adam, Isildur stands at a crossroads. And like Adam, Isildur makes a terrible decision that leads not only to his own biological death, but a profound wounding of all of the creatures of Middle-earth. For Isildur chooses not to destroy the ring that had been made by the Dark Lord but instead takes it for himself. Like Adam's ego and pride, this leads not only to Isildur's own eventual death, but it also leads to the destruction of his kingdom. Where Isildur's kingdom had previously been united between north and south, Arnor in the north and Gondor in the south. After the death of Isildur, the United Kingdom is divided. 
In Isildur's time, there was happy union between elves, dwarves, and men. After the death of Isildur, there is greater friction between these peoples. This echoes, in some sense, the division of the kingdom of Israel, which was Judah in the south and Israel in the north, and the breaking up of the people groups of humanity, creating the Gentile nations. This division would only be reconciled when the descendant of Adam, Jesus of Nazareth, would come to reunite the lost flock of God. In a similar way, only with the heir of Isildur would there ever come peace to all of Middle-earth. Isildur's heir is Aragorn, son of Arathorn. He inherits the broken pieces of Isildur's sword and the mission of reuniting the peoples of Middle-earth. He does so like Jesus of Nazareth by fulfilling prophecies, including one which leads him to entering into a place called the Paths of the Dead. There the souls of disobedient human beings await the coming of Aragorn to lead them into a cosmic eschatological battle where they are to help bring about the healing of Middle-earth. Aragorn's descent into the paths of the dead to fulfill an oath echoes Jesus' own descent into the realm of the dead, the harrowing of hell found in many Eastern and Western liturgies, and also contained within the Apostles' Creed. Also, Aragorn's descent into the paths of the dead echoes the offering of Jesus of Nazareth on the cross. After a great decision, Aragorn ultimately comes to the conclusion that he, unlike Isildur, cannot take the ring for himself. He allows another, Frodo Baggins, to take that burden up Mount Doom, a mountain that echoes Golgotha in many places. This idea of salvation, atonement and reconciliation, is beautifully imaged when Aragorn chooses to lead an army and a suicide mission to distract the Dark Lord toward himself while Frodo carries the ring in a great journey up Mount Doom. By doing this, Aragorn, in a kind of substitutionary atonement, believes that he will ultimately lay down his life for the rescuing of the fellowship and of all of humanity, along with his friends. Ultimately, Aragorn survives. The ring is destroyed. And just as the tree of life is present in the midst of the garden, again in Revelation chapters 21 and 22, and the dark gate of hell is thrown down in many descriptors in Eastern and Western liturgies, so too, Aragorn replants a white tree in the garden stronghold of his kingdom, echoing this passage from Revelation. And the dark tower and dark gates of Sauron's empire are hurled down, echoing these liturgical, satiriological ideas. Ultimately, the return of the king in The Lord of the Rings and the return of the Messiah have deep and close links.
the idea that their passage through the paths of the dead, literally and metaphorically, and agape self-sacrificial love, the fact that these ideas lead to reconciliation among people groups, undoes the effects of the fall of a kind of original sin. I hope that this has been instructive, and I look forward to catching up with all of you soon. God bless.